Alleluia! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia! Peace be with you, my friends. If you have never had the opportunity to wade into the waters of Revelation chapters 4 and 5, then today, hopefully, you are in for quite a treat. Perhaps some of you have already waded into Revelation chapters 4 and 5, and after reading and meditating a bit on the text, you quickly retreated out of the pool, wondering to yourself, what in the world is going on here? Well, if that has been your experience, again, hopefully, some light will be shed into our darkness today. For to the one willing to put in a little time and effort to understand the text, a treasure trove of the love of God awaits to fill up our minds, our bodies, and our souls. So let's all wade into the pool of Revelation chapters 4 and 5, and then together let's see how we may be able to stimulate one another into deeper love for God and each other. As we open up the letter of Revelation and start at chapter 4, imagine, if you will, a stage. A stage so big it encompasses actors and characters that fill both heaven and earth. Now on that stage, John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, author of the fourth gospel, as well as author of this letter, stands here on earth. And as John stands on this terrestrial ball, he looks forward and sees a door, and the door which stands before him is open. It's not just any door, but an open door which opens into what is hidden from the naked eye, that being the place where God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, and the heavenly host dwell. It is a door that opens to John, revealing the throne room of God itself. And as I have said previously, the distance between heaven and earth is not eons and eons apart, nor is heaven light years away. No, heaven is here with us. As God dwells with us, so heaven is right next to us, merely tucked away behind a thin veil. For where God is, that's where heaven is. Then John is beckoned by a voice from behind that veil, as seen here as uh, the open door. The voice beckoning to John from beyond the door that voice sounds like a trumpet, and that trumpet sound reminds us of the same voice from chapter 1 of Revelation, the voice which first called to John. The voice says to John, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. After this meaning, what happens after the seven letters to the seven churches from chapters 2 and 3 are delivered and read. Again, John tells us that he was in the Spirit, and it was on the Lord's Day, and he finds himself in the midst of a heavenly throne room. And in that throne room, there is indeed one seated on the throne. As this tableau expands in John's vision, he hardly has words to describe what he sees. John tells us that the one seated on the throne looks like jasper and carnelian. Jasper, a glistening gem as clear as crystal, here shows how stately the glory of God 
sits. And then also adorned with a carnelian-like color, carnelian being a red or ruby color, itself a precious stone. John describes then what appears to be a rainbow-like brilliance of emerald surrounding the throne. If John had seen the northern lights, perhaps he may have used the aurora as an illustration. And then around this throne sat 24 other thrones. And on each of these thrones sat someone robed in white, each having his own golden crown upon his head. These 24 are described as elders, perhaps representing the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles chosen by Jesus. And then John turns back to the main throne and he describes for us what he sees. And what he sees is that coming from the main throne were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne stood seven flaming torches, which John says were the seven spirits of God. And then in front of the throne, something like a sea of glass, clear as crystal, stretched out before the one adorned in jasper and carnelian. What John sees and is attempting to describe for us here is a good definition of the word awesome. Not only how majestic God is, but how totally other God is from us. You see, God is not simply just a bigger version of us. No, God is, being so, is a being so totally other. Words are not available to describe who God truly is. We indeed serve an awesome God. Then John sees, and on each side of the throne, four living creatures stand. These four creatures are described as being full of eyes in front and behind. And these four creatures with the eyes who on the, all around them sit in front of the God of heaven, never sleeping, always vigilant, watching over all of creation for their maker. The first of these four appears as a lion, the second an ox, the third has the face of a human, and the fourth appears as an eagle. The lion, king of the beasts, the ox representing the strength of creation, the eagle chief of the flying animals. The human face here in this tableau is merely representing humans amongst all of creation. These four creatures are ready and waiting to do God's bidding at any moment. The four living creatures also have an additional duty. And that duty is to announce to all who enter that they are entering before the one who is holy, 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 who is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. As the four creatures sing this song, the 24 elders actually rise up and they cast their own crowns down before the throne and they sing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to, re to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and by your will they exist and have their being. 
What John mostly wants us to know is that when anyone enters into the throne room of heaven, one comes reverently, thoughtfully, humbly. One doesn't come barging into the throne room of God asking for things his or her way. No. This is a holy and powerful scene and that we all come before that. All of our prayers, all of our thoughts, and all of our being comes before this awesome God. Second, John wants us to see that when we enter into this scene, our primary state of position should be that of one of worship. Each of us must go before our God, our God, in a state of worship. What I desire for each of us to know and understand, however, is that this scene is not yet to come. Some scene that is far off in the future. No, but that this scene actually took place when John was called through the door into the throne room of God. More importantly, we need to realize that this scene not only happened then, but continues to happen now, at this moment. And the saints who have gone before us now, they join in with this heavenly throng and they sing these songs alongside of the four creatures and the 24 elders. For us here today, in just a few moments, we too will gather around the altar, the table of the Eucharist, this being the earthly representation of what is actually going on in the heavenly realms, in this heavenly scene. And we together will then enact this scene out here as we together bless the bread and the wine. As chapter 5 begins, John's eyes are directed to the one sitting on the throne, the one who appears as Jasper and Carnelian. And John sees in the right hand of the one on the throne a scroll. This scroll has writing on both sides of it. It's a rather unusual for a scroll to have writing on both sides of it. And the words written therein contain God's plan to end all the unjust, unrighteous, and evil acts committed within his domain. John then notices around this scroll that there are seven seals Seven seals which hold the scroll closed so that no one can read the words and enact God's plan. Then an angel announces clearly to all in heaven and on earth, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Now ask yourself, who has the strength, the courage, the moral holiness, the sheer power, to walk past the 24 elders, to go past the four living creatures, and then walk up to God Himself, take the plan from God's right hand, break the seals and open the scroll. Not surprisingly, no one moved. You see, if no one is found to have the strength, the courage, the moral holiness, the sheer power to walk past the guards, past the creatures, take the scroll and break it open, then no one is able to enact God's plan to end unjust and unrighteous acts, and evil itself will remain. As no one moved, John began to weep. 
Then one of the elders says to John, Do not weep. See, the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, he has conquered. He can break the seals and open the scroll. Of course, the Lion of Judah, the one who is the strength of the Old Testament, the son of David. Yes, this strong Lion King. This is the one who can open the scroll. And John begins to turn to look and to see this magnificent lion beast. And as he turns, he doesn't see the mane of a lion. No, he sees the fleece of a lamb. And that lamb appeared as if he had been slain. Yes, as strong, magnificent, and kingly as a lion yet as gentle, humble, and even slaughtered as a sacrificial lamb, Jesus, our Jesus, is able to take the scroll, break the seals, and open up the plan. As Jesus, then, the lion, lamb, king image of the heaven and earth, as Jesus moves forward and takes the scroll from the right hand of the Father, then the four living creatures, the 24 elders with their bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the people, and the heavenly host together in praise, honor, and worship of our Lord and Savior sing, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you are slaughtered, and by your blood you ransom for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests, serving our God, and they will reign on earth. As we began this homily this morning, I asked you to imagine a stage, a stage so big that it encompasses actors and characters from both heaven and earth. What I failed to say then, but will say now, is that you and I have been cast into this play we are actors on this stage, written into this script, and our roles are described within the writing of this once sealed scroll, now open by Jesus. Did you happen to catch your theatrical cue? Uh, yes, the bit about the bowls of incense, the prayers of the saints, as well as the final sentence of the song, that was last sung. That sentence being, they will reign on earth. My friends, we are not on a journey from life to death. No, we are on a journey from death to life. We come alive, really alive, when the risen Christ is allowed to take center stage in our lives. Then we begin to live in this world together with the angels, archangels, and heavenly hosts who dwell with us just behind the hidden veil, beyond the open door which John entered into. Yet we remain in front of the door which is here on earth. We are the ones then called to be the righteous and just representatives of this holy God here on earth. You see, we are the ones who are living out the plan written on both sides of the scroll. The scroll which the lion of the root of David, who looks like a slain lamb, took from the right hand of God 
and then broke the seals and opened the scroll. We are not simply awaiting transport to heaven to live there. No, my friends, we are to live out a holy, just, and righteous life here and now. And we are to live that life today and into forever. Amen. Mm -hmm.